Welcome to Fearless Marketing for Life Coaches. I'm Simone Gray Soul, and I'm here to teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without paying for ads, buying Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and I promise you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey friends, I threw out the idea recently in my Facebook group, Fearless Marketing for Life Coaches, about mental health and marketing. And I mentioned that I have ADHD um, insofar as that is a construct that we agree that that is a thing for the purposes of our conversation. I have a history of depression, anxiety, addiction, And here I am today with a life coaching business that I love that is very fulfilling for me at every level, creatively, intellectually, soulfully, if that's a word, (laughs) and also financially. And I just got so much feedback from people telling me that it's so good to see me be an example of a successful life coach with ADHD and that they needed hope and more examples that it's possible not only for themselves, which you know, a lot of life coaches in my community self-identify or they have been diagnosed as ADHD or being on the sort of ADHD spectrum. And so not only for themselves, but for loved ones, you know, coaches, those of us with loved ones, children, et cetera, who struggle with ADHD, that that there's hope for them. Not only is there hope that they can really kick butt in the world with ADHD. And, you know, I'm a business coach. I'm a marketing coach. And I'm also just a general life coach. I think the foundation of everything I do is general life coaching, sort of the ideas that underlie all processes of transformation. And I wanted to take some time today to tell you about how I sort of, you know, for so many years of my life, I experienced ADHD as a, um, as a liability, like something, like it's something that's holding me back, like it's something that I need to overcome or something that is, that's getting in the way of my success. And I somehow, I managed to figure out a way to turn that quote unquote liability into an asset. I figured out a way to thrive with it. I figured out a way to, I don't really like to say like to manage it because it makes it sound like it's something bad. Like, oh, I like manage my condition, right? Like I genuinely now think of my own ADHD as a superpower. So it's something that gives me strength and it's something that gives me ingenuity and creativity and I really think of my ADHD as being a partner to my success. So you can see how I don't love to describe it as like managing it even though it can certainly feel like that sometimes. Like it feels like you know, it re- it requires some investment of time and energy and thoughtfulness to try to figure this out, but it's really worth it. And so I obviously am not a, you know, clinical expert. Um, when it comes to psychology or psychiatry, I'm a life coach and I don't speak for all people with ADHD. I only speak for myself. And here are some things that I wish I knew, you know, let's say 10 years ago. I wish that 
every life coach who struggles with ADHD and questions their own, you know, capability and potential because of it, here's what I want them to know. Number one is that I know that the first two letters of ADHD, AD stands for attention deficit, but I think actually that that is a myth that we are lacking in an attention span. I think that ADHD people have the best attention span. We have the most intense, focused, high quality, soulful attentiveness when it comes to things that we find interesting. And we have a very, we can, we, it, we can have very short and poor attention span when it comes to things that we find boring and unmeaningful. And that's the thing. We have like the world's best attention span, but what we require first is meaning. We require that something have interest to us beyond a superficial level. And it has to kind of like tug at, I don't know how to say this, but it has to tug at some soul quality inside of us. I mean, that might be a little bit too woo for some people, but you know, that's really how I think of it. It has to tug at some soul quality inside of us for us to be interested, right? And I think that so, I spent so much of my life punishing myself for not being able to pay attention that other people can. Um, other people seem to be able to just sit and just do homework and or do a task for hours, you know, for however long as it took to finish to think, whereas I just stop being interested once it stops being interesting to me. <laughs> and I'll never, you know, so I lived with this sense of like, I am flawed. I am wrong. What is wrong with me that I can't just sit and finish whatever like everybody else? And it was a deep source of shame and in insecurity. And I, I literally felt like there was something wrong with me. You know, I for sure thought for the longest time that it was because I was lazy and that I just wasn't committed enough. I just didn't care about things enough and which all just sound like terrible moral defects. And I'm getting kind of emotional thinking about this because I think so many of us with ADHD are intimately familiar with that sense of shame of like not being like everybody else and I'll never forget what my one of my first mentors coaching mentors told me when she heard me say something about you know beating myself up about my ADHD tendencies and she said why do you want to you know sort of buff out the edges of your brilliant mind that can tell the difference between what's interesting and what's not interesting. What if it's not that you don't know how to pay attention? It's that other people, they don't think as hard as you do. They don't feel as deeply as you do. Their senses are less turned on than yours are so that they can sit with things that are dull because the way they think is dull. <laughs> and you, there's nothing about you that is dull. So if you are given something that's dull, of course you're not going to sit there and like look at it for hours. Like what if your ADHD is just a measure of how fascinating the inside of your, of your mind is, how, how much more creatively brilliant than you are than the average person? What if you are bad at do, doing boring shit because you're not meant to be doing boring shit. 
What if mundane things bore you and exhaust you because you're me- you're not meant to be doing mundane things. You're supposed to be doing big, world-changing things, having giant, creatively brilliant ideas, not over here like filing taxes with the rest of humanity. <laughs> okay, she was being my mentor here was being a little bit polemical because I think she wanted to give me like a like a kick in the butt, you know, I think she really wanted to you know, like snap me out of my spiral of self-shame and she wanted me to believe in myself. But I also think that she meant like the spirit of, of what she communicated to me, which is that, hey, you're beating yourself up because you're not like everybody else, that you don't pay attention like everybody else, but you're not meant to pay attention like everybody else. And the, and the things that you know to pay attention to, the way you work brings a gift to the world that is your unique contribution to the world that the world sorely needs because the world is full of people who can do boring things for hours and hours. And the world does not have enough people with creative brilliance who are owning their gifts and finding ways to bring them to the world. I have so many friends who have ADHD. I know kids with ADHD. All of us have a spark of brilliant creative gifts. It looks different for everybody. I know that all of us are deep thinkers and deep feelers. I know that we have insights. We connect the dots. We see the world in new and ingenious ways. We are the inventors. We are the artists and creators. We are the mavericks who drive humanity forward. And none of that would be possible if we thought like everybody else, if we paid attention like everybody else. And my mentor, like when she gave me the speech, it was like a giant turning point for me. Like I cried that day. I remember because it was like such a paradigm shift. And that day was like the turning point of when I stopped hating myself, when I stopped thinking that I was less than because of my ADHD. I, you know, that's kind of a personal story, but then that's important. It's pertinent to what we're talking about here because ever since then, I think I started trusting myself a lot more. And trusting myself meant that if I didn't want to, I didn't, if I didn't want to do something because it didn't feel aligned, if it didn't feel interesting to me, I let myself drop it. If everybody was doing things one way and I figured out a different way of doing things, but nobody else was doing that, but it worked for me. I started to trust myself more as I just kind of, as they say, you know, dance to the beat of my own drum. Coming back to what this podcast is about, right? Marketing for your life coaching business. You know, something that I teach over and over and over again to my students and clients is that the most, the best thing you could ever do for not just your marketing, but in terms of your like personal development and professional development is to follow the crumbs of your curiosity. And oh my God, us ADHD people, we are amazing at following the crumbs of our curiosity. What we keep doing is that we keep getting curious about new stuff and we keep following it. And I can really tell you that that's like a really good way to characterize my entire business trajectory is that I just kept chasing the next interesting thing and sharing it is what I committed to. I didn't tell myself, oh, now that I'm marketing, I have to, you know, do like this content calendar and I have to stay on message and I have to talk about only this thing and I have to speak like an expert. Like none of that. 
I, I wanted to do. None of that I could do even if I wanted because it all sounded so stifling and limiting and boring. I really let myself explore in what I, what I found interesting, right? And I kept like, you know, learning things that I found interesting and sharing what I was learning. And I kept thinking and asking myself deep questions and then sharing what I, you know, what was going on in my, in my brain. And, you know, if I wanted to do like a fun, wacky photo shoot, I did it. And if I wanted to kind of like go off and study something else that has nothing to do with life coaching, um, I did that. And then when I came back, like, for example, you know, for, for a while, I was really into tar- tarot reading and, um, sort of like exploring the, the occult arts because I just found the whole thing so fascinating. And I wasn't worried, like, Oh no, but what does that mean as for me as a life coach? Like, I just always just trusted myself to follow my curiosity that everything would be fine if I did that. And indeed, what happened was that that was a really worthwhile, fun sort of excursion. And when I came back to life coaching, so to speak, I I was armed with this like fascinating array of experiences and knowledge that really enrich my perspective in a way that I never would be, you know, would be able to if I had just stayed on a straight and narrow path. Right. I think a lot of us ADHD folks have a fear that if we keep just f- chasing our curiosity, we'll just, we'll never have any focus. We'll never have any uh, direction and it'll never amount. It'll all, it'll never all add up to anything. And I think we keep thinking that because we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust that our fundamental drive to know different things and to create different things. We don't trust that that will tell a coherent story. We don't trust that all of, like when we really own it and when we allow ourselves to grow with all of that and show up proudly, you know, show up with the intention to serve people with what we are learning, with with what we are going through, we don't trust that that's enough because the dominant culture tells us that it's not enough, that you should pick a thing, you should pick a niche, you should pick something like, you know, a a brand identity and you should keep like saying the same thing over and over and over again. And then we're like, oh no, we're doing it wrong. No, but we're not doing it wrong. I get comments, you know, every so often about like, about how unique my perspectives are. And I think my unique perspectives are only possible and they're valuable to people because I just spent so much of my life wandering. And to other people, it just seems like, oh, she's directionless. She's irresponsible. Like, what is she doing? She needs to grow up. Like, I've had all of these things said to me by different people. And well, look at me now. You know, what happened was that all of those forays into different things, all of those, you know, all the journeys that I took, when I, when I followed the crumbs of my curiosity, that they led me to exactly where I'm supposed to be. You have to trust that all that you are interested in, all that you want to pursue adds up to a coherent whole when you own it and when you kind of, you know, throw yourself into all of that with the intention to alchemize it into something that serves the world. You know, you're listening to this podcast because you have a heart of a, of a servant. You love to serve and your brain exists in a way where it's meant to serve so many people. Your brain literally contains medicine. Your brain contains gifts without which the world could not be whole. And the only way we could unleash all of that. And by the way, unleashing all of that is 
you know, like taking it from the inside of your brain to the world, right? Like that is marketing, right? Like letting the world see you and letting the world be served by you out loud. That's marketing. You don't have to do that, but then that would just mean that you have, you know, a different way of expressing it that doesn't not necessarily become a business, which is fine. But here, we are here, we're here to do business, right? So that's the first thing. It's actually a really big, important point that I could probably like write a whole book about, at least one book about the importance of trusting yourself and to trusting your instinct and trusting your desires and, and the next place that your squirrel brain <laughs> wants to go, right? I think that's, it's such a loaded topic and I'm sure I, I'm going to talk more about it later, but let me just leave it at that for now. The second thing I want to tell you about how to make a life coaching business work with ADHD is that when it comes to making pragmatic business marketing decisions, just give yourself a blanket permission slip now to not have to do anything that's boring. Like I am a big fan of growing your discipline, like commitment muscles, right? Like there are things, there are things that we have to do that are uncomfortable that we, there are times when we have to show up even when we don't feel like it, even when we just feel like blah, even when we're annoyed or anxious or whatever, you know, if we, I don't mean you only show up when it feels good, right? So it's a different thing than kind of indulging like every emotional whim to, to make decisions about what, how to show up in your business. But that's, there's a difference between like being uncomfortable and something being like genuinely like boring. If something feels rote, it will feel boring. If it's, if something feels anything other than like something really coming from your heart, it's going to feel like bullshit. It'll be boring. If something is not really your idea, but somebody else's idea, Hey, you should do this because it's supposed to be good for whatever, blah, blah, blah. That is going to feel boring. Don't do boring shit. I think so much of our like ADHD mind drama will disappear once we give ourselves permission not to do boring shit. Again, I don't mean you, you never have to be like practice how to be committed and disciplined and, and show up even when it's uncomfortable. Like all the listeners of this podcast are smart. You know, you can tell the difference when something is truly like boring and insulting to your soul versus when it is you are being called to show up even when it's uncomfortable, right? I think that's one of the things that I did really well, like retrospectively, if I'm looking back, is that I created like a universe of marketing. You know, I I, wait, I created ways of connecting to people, of showing people who I am and, and serving them and delivering great content to them, etc. in a way where... I just like boycotted everything that felt boring to me, like having a content calendar. It's like just Monday I post about this and Tuesday I post about that and Wednesday I post about, I was like, shoot me now. That is never going to work for me. And, or just, I don't know, like I'm feeling kind of cautious here because I'm going to say that something is really boring and I never want to do it. And I might like change my mind about it later. But let me just say like, you know what they sell online, the launch sequences, right? Like, well, if you want to launch a thing, then you should like plan it in advance and you first do this. You do a like lead magnet and then you nurture them by sending them XYZ emails and then you do a webinar and then you have your warm audience and then you did it. Like all of that just made me want to bash my head against the wall 
And just every fiber of my being was like, oh, no. I might change my mind about this later because my brain is kind of changing and I'm beginning to think that I want to be more, you know, plan a little bit advanced for things like that. And like those methods aren't like evil. They're just, they just seemed profoundly boring to my brain in the past. Anyway, so there's my little caveat. I might do that later <laughs> because, but only because it, it stops, it stopped feeling boring to me, right? So because all of that bored me and what I chose to do instead was just, you know what? I bet it's going to be enough if I just have, if I just really work on my intentional thinking and if I have a sort of a coherent set of beliefs and if, if I develop, if I put work into, you know, creating and reminding my brain of a coherent set of beliefs about what it is I do, why I do it, like what it is I offer, why I offer it, whom it's for and what it's going to create, like, coherence around all of those beliefs is all I need in order to pull off this launch or or in order to sell this out or whatever it is, right? So anything in business, I prioritize like the stuff in my brain, like my beliefs and emotions about things um, above like the actual strategies that people wanted me to do that seemed boring to me. And you know what? It's always been enough. It's always been enough for me to just make up my own actions based on having really strong beliefs about what I'm doing versus uh, setting up all these external, you know, action plans and just trying to do them thinking that like those are going to be the answer. If you look around, like there's going to be so many things that people, other experts want you to do that they say is the best thing to do that it works. And if you don't do it like this, it's not going to work. And again, it kind of comes back to self-trust. You have to trust that, like, it can't be like nilly-willy, right? It can't, There, you need to have some guiding principle. You need to have, like, some form of structure, um, a container by which you operate, right? It just can't, it's not like a free-for-all. But you need to decide what that is on your own terms in a way that works for you. Like, like I told you, I decided that what I need to commit to is you know, a certain amount of risk taking and like a lot of intentional thought work on like who I wanted to be, who are the people I serve and what am I selling and why am I selling it and all these like deep like questions of meaning and purpose and commitment and devotion. Like I got all of those thoughts in order and everything just followed. So I was very diligent about minding all of that. I was very diligent about, you know, taking meaningful risks all the time I was not diligent about following somebody else's launch plan so your thing isn't going to be the same as my thing but what I told you so far like I hope that you can like apply it to your own situation and think okay what do I find boring what feels like road and stupid to me versus what what really is uh, the standard that I set for myself that feels meaningful to me right how will I how do I want to evaluate my own work, right? If it's not a, a free for all, then, you know, how do, how will I know that I'm proud of myself, right? How will I know that I've given my best? How will I know that I have served the people that I can serve to the fullest, right? And to let no other standard or no other person's idea, plan or strategy or idea of what you should do be the, the measuring rod. That's the second thing. Boycott everything 
that is boring <laughs> and set up your internal standards based on what is meaningful and expansive and expanding to your soul guys i feel like the frequency with which i say the word soul is increasing more and more in this podcast <laughs> like in the beginning there was none at all and i keep saying more and more of it and what can i say soul is my last name so it's just it's just part of who i am and the last thing last thing for today because i'm sure this is not the first or the, i mean the last time i'm going to speak about it but the last thing for today my you know loving words of insight for my friends who have ADHD and are trying to build awesome coaching businesses is, you know, so many of us worry about productivity, right? Because we're so easily distracted. We have so many ups and downs in our moods, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So we worry about productivity and I swear to you, your productivity with ADHD can wildly improve with just this one change. You just hate on yourself like 50% less. I honestly think that the biggest thing that slows us down, people with ADHD, is not ADHD, but our own judgment and shaming against ourselves because of the way that we are, right? Like, let's say you said you promised to somebody that you were going to do something and then you ended up not finishing it on time or something, right? That's like a very common experience that a lot of us have. And there is like learning to be had from, from an experience like that. And hey, wouldn't this be revolutionary if we just took the learning and skipped that part where we tell ourselves that we're terrible, pathetic human beings who are lazy and undisciplined and will never be able to finish anything and we don't deserve to be life coaches and we're unreliable and everybody's disappointed in us and blah, 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 blah. So many of us have that kind of internal dialogue going on which of course, like when somebody is yelling at you about what an awful person you are and how you're undeserving of the thing that you want to do, like how on earth can we bring our best work? How on earth like will we have any motivation to work? How can we be productive? We can't. So for ADHD folks, there's going to be a lot of things we learn. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're brilliant at. We're so creatively br brilliant. We have so many amazing ideas. We think so deeply. You know, we blow everybody's minds with the kind of stuff that we, co we come up with. So we have advantages over other people, the average person. But there are also things that we have to kind of like spend, you know, put in extra energy and time learning. Because if anything, we have to invest a lot in learning how to sort of like really take care of ourselves and, you know, maximize our own like rhythms and ways of working like that is all like a, a process of discovery and all of that can be fine if you just would stop telling yourself that you're a loser, that you're pathetic and that you're, you're, you know, you're shameful and that nobody trusts you and you'll never be able to finish anything and like making it mean all these super dramatic things that just aren't true. Actually, it really helps if you have, if you're lucky enough to have someone in your life who believes that you're amazing and that you are brilliant and that you have so much to contribute to the world and, and just supports what you do, like no matter what, unconditionally, it's amazing if somebody see, if you have somebody in your life that sees your ADHD and still thinks like you're a genius and that you can do anything you set your mind to. Um, it's easier to believe in yourself when you have someone like that. But if you don't have someone like that in your life, well, let me be that person for you. Let me just say right now, 
that, hey, I know you, even even if I don't actually know you, I know you, if you're a life coach, you're ADHD, you're like me, I believe that you're a genius. I believe that you are brilliant and have unique gifts to offer the world. I believe that you can do anything you set your mind to and there is zero percent of you that is less than other people, that is like pathetic or loser, any of those horrible things, like that is not who you are. It's just like the bully in your brain. They're always wrong. They're always going to pipe up because of the way the human brain works, but they're always wrong. And if you just need that one person to be a champion for your potential and who you are, you know, and all the wonderful things about who you are, let me be that person, okay? I believe in you. And this is something that it's a practice. It takes time to learn how to be less mean to yourself, how to stop shaming yourself for the ways you naturally are. Oh, I lost interest. Like I lost my attention span again. And I said I was going to do these 10 things today, but I only did like one and a half or zero. What is wrong with me? The answer is nothing is wrong with you. What do we learn from this, this experience, right? How can you, we think that we have to self-flagellate to to have progress, but that's not true. If we assume that nothing went wrong and this was just something for us to get information from, what could you learn? Maybe it's not a good idea put, to put 10 things on a task list. Maybe that's really overwhelming. Maybe it's that, you know, you need to put only three things on a list and break them down so that they're a lot more doable. Maybe you need to do maybe like one thing that's a little bit annoying and you need to put like three other things that are really fun for you to do so that not every day feels like a giant impossible like task list of doom, right? Like these are all the ways where we have to be responsible for creating schedules for ourselves and, you know, workflows and, you know, the ways of doing work and business that work for us, like that is our responsibility. If we just keep shaming ourselves, if we keep trying to follow other people's structures and other people's plans and keep beating us up for beating ourselves up for not being good at following those, like that is a no win situation for everybody. Not to mention that it feels terrible. It is a most importantly, it's a disservice to you and your brilliance. There is a way that works for you. You have to take responsibility for like curating that, for finding it, for keep keeping to refine what that is for you. All of that means that you have to be aware of how you're being mean to yourself and blaming yourself and making, making yourself wrong for ha- having an ADHD brain and redirecting your brain to towards more kindness, more self-compassion, self-celebration, right? Like surround yourself with people who celebrate you just the way you are and, you know, just intentionally input more of that stuff into your brain. You'll need it. I know I did. And when we ADHD people becoming become more affirming and of who we, who we are, when we become more self-loving, self-celebratory, oh my gosh, Nothing can stop us. We just turn into like monsters of productivity (laughs) of the kind that only we can do. Are you feeling me with this? I'm going to continue to serve my friends, my colleagues, my students, coaches who have, you know, different brains, who struggle with mental health challenges, who have diagnoses or ways of being that the larger society says it is supposed to be a liability. It's supposed to be something that holds you back while I'm with you and I am dedicated to helping you create thriving life coaching businesses, getting fully booked, whatever that means to you, and creating the exact kind of impact 
that you want on the world and the exact kind of satisfaction and prosperity that you want in your world. That is ours to create and to have. All right, my friends, I'll be back next time with a different message. I hope you have a beautiful day. And you know what? I'm going to link to my Instagram on show notes. Follow me, friend me, send me a note. Love to talk to you. All right. Talk to you later.